Hello and welcome back to the Mindful Belly Don't Eat Your Feelings podcast. I'm your host and health coach, Ellie Rowe. I'm a former chemical engineer gone health coach after a lifelong sugar addiction, binge eating, compulsive eating, and I just had a really toxic relationship with food. I ended up developing a bunch of health issues, thyroid issues, brain fog, chronic fatigue, and just felt really out of control. I went to a bunch of doctors, was handed a lot of prescriptions, but no one asking why. And it wasn't until I discovered functional nutrition and mindfulness tools that I was able to break free from the sugar addiction and heal my body from so many foods that I thought were healthy, but in reality were causing a lot of inflammation. And then from there, have just kind of gone down the rabbit hole of not only on the nutrition side, but this mindfulness piece and more of the, more of the um, psychology and emotional piece that drives a lot of the food habits. Because you know I can tell you all day what to eat, But if we have these subconscious patterns that are driving food behaviors, like for me, so much of eating sugar was out of a sense of wanting to feel safe, of wanting to feel secure, of not wanting to feel shame or other emotions that were really uncomfortable. And so uncovering that was freedom. And it's not always easy, but it's so worth it because you're worth it. And I know for myself, it was just, oh my gosh, I had gone from just every single day being so consumed around thoughts around food. And it was so frustrating. It was like, I wanted to break that so bad, but I didn't know how. And then to be in a place now where I don't have to think about food all the time and I'm not craving sugar. And it's just like, wow, I didn't know that was possible. And so that's what started this podcast and got me as a coach. It's just like, I felt like I got my life I got a life that I didn't even know I could have. I would say I got my life back, but I was addicted to sugar my whole life. And so um, to have a life that I didn't know I could have, I didn't know I could feel that, how good I could feel in my body and how much freedom I could have. So I wanted to create this podcast to share with you the tools that I myself personally use. And now I've used with hundreds and hundreds of clients to break free from sugar addiction and to, if anything, just find more compassion for yourself and to build awareness and mindfulness on your, your habits so that you can change and that you can step into the fullest, most fully expressed, loved version of you. And so for this podcast episode, I'm psyched to share. So I'm leading a 21 day reset right now. We're on day seven and we just had our first group coaching call of this, of this session. And it was a, an intimate call with two of the resetters, um, Dawn and Susan. And I just, I wanted to share it. It was, I, we just finished it and I was like, this is so powerful. I want to share this with my podcast listeners. Um, just it honestly, what they've shared and how much I think you'll be able to relate to Don and Susan who've actually gone through my reset before they've done it multiple times. They just love, they learn new tools every time. And it's a good way for them to really refresh and, and reset and hone their nutrition. And I love watching them evolve because both of them have just made this into such a lifestyle, like Um, And you'll hear that on the episode, but I invite you to go through it with them. So in the calls, we do a ritual, which I think you can, I do this with my, my one-on-one clients too, is we start with a process of reflection. You know, what went well for you this week? What did you do well? And focusing and acknowledging on the things that you did, you are proud of because what we acknowledge, we create more of. And so often we're so focused on uh, where am I not doing good enough? What, oh, I didn't do that so well. I need to do better here and here and here. But it's also so important to reflect on where are you showing up? What are you doing well? And that that just is such fuel and motivation to keep going. When you get like, a, like give yourself gold stars for the stuff that you're doing awesome and double down on those things. 
And so we, um, to go through this process with them, I asked them like, you know, what do they do well this week? And also what are their biggest challenges this week? It's so important to reflect on what were your biggest challenges and how can you navigate them better next week if they came up again? And the reason it's so important to do that is because sometimes we, we have all these challenges, but if we're not reflecting and dissecting and getting curious about them, they're just going to keep happening and we're just going to keep kind of falling in the same hole. But by reflecting, it's taking the time to be like, you know, what is going on for me? How could I set myself up better? You know, why does that keep happening? Let's unpack that. And without judgment, not like to put shame on you if you felt challenged or slipped up or anything, by no means, no, it's, it's just getting really curious. Hey, what was going on for me? Mm, like for if you had a slip or, you know, ended up having a binge, it's, a, it's an opportunity to explore. What was I feeling? What was I tired? What was um, what were the emotions that were going on? Um, what was going on in my external world that led to that binge? And when we start unpacking that, we can uncover the similar patterns that are coming up. And I know for me, it was, oh my gosh, it was like so many similar patterns of often it was just feelings of being so tired and just wanting to not think about anything, having such a stressful day and having no outlets for stress. And then I get home and just want to completely numb. And so what I realized was like, oh, in my day, how can I build more, more, more time for me to release the stress that isn't using food? And so it's things like that and really getting specific on your particular patterns. However, anyways, so we go through that. And then also in this call, I share a lot about um, my kick the sugar habit talk. And so a lot about giving you motivation more for kind of what could be happening, what sugar does into your body, super motivating, super inspiring. And if you want like the full version, go back to my episode, I think like four, kick the sugar habit. Um, I go a lot deeper. This one's more of like an expedited version just because Susan and, and Don have been through this before, but even them at the end, they're like, I'm so glad you tell us that again. Cause it's just like, we can never hear this stuff enough. Um, I know for myself, I used to listen to Dr. Robert Lustig lectures. He's a, he's super into sugar addiction. And um, honestly, who I learned, who sparked my journey and was such a huge pivotal person in my life. Um, but I used to listen to his lectures over and over and over. And it was like, I could not get enough. I love them so much. So it's just kind of like brainwashing yourself. Um, that's what I basically did. I like brainwashed myself into, into understanding what was going on and then could make conscious choice versus just unconsciously eating and having no idea what's why I feel like crap and why I'm eating all the time and never feeling full like oh wow I'm, I'm actually understanding what what's happening in my biochemistry what's going on here and how can I actually fix it so I hope that you get a lot from this episode and as always you can reach out to me on Instagram at mindful belly dm me let me know how it's going if you got any major takeaways from this episode or if you are looking to coach if you are looking for a one-on-one coach for support, accountability, and guidance from me, you can set up a strategy session at calendly.com backslash mindful belly, and we'll see if we'd be a good fit. So with that, here's the episode. So we'll go ahead and begin. And as always, I'd love to just begin with a couple grounding breaths. So if y'all would find yourself a comfortable seat, if this is available to you, And just relax your shoulders down your back and close your eyes or find a soft gaze. We're just gonna take three grounding breaths. So you can take a big inhale through your nose, fill up. Pause at the top. 
And a big audible sigh through your mouth. Let it go. <sighs> Again, big inhale. Pause. Big exhale. <sighs> Release. And one more time, big inhale. Pause. Exhale. Release. And whenever you're ready, just bring your breath back to its natural rhythm. And you can open your eyes and reconnect to the world around you. And so I'd love to begin, and I'd love if both of y'all are willing to share out loud, what, what kind of things are you proud of yourself for this past week? I guess I'll go. Um, so I, uh, the, the, the beginning of the week was kind of rough because Monday was the day of the uh, national championship game. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I'm, a, I'm a big Alabama fan so it's like okay you gotta have you know the friends over gotta have the wings I uh, didn't do anything else but the wings so I felt like at least I was um restricting you know most of the most I didn't have sugars or anything so I don't know what the wings were cooked in that's my only thing but uh, <laughs> but then the next day I just really you know stuck to the routine that I had built from this reset and jumped right in um and stuck, I, I think I, I've done really well all week. I haven't really done a lot of swaps even. I've, I've gotten so used to this where I can just um, go straight to my go-tos, you know, like just good proteins and good fats and, um, you know, uh, just have some good vegetables and stuff. Um, I guess so this, this reset is the first one where I'm allowing myself to have fruit and sweet potatoes. In the past, I tried that and I felt like I overindulged in those things. So I've, this time I've, I've prepared myself better and I'm allowing myself like maybe um, one or two fruits a week and then maybe a sweet potato once a week um, because I know if, I, I do like to lose weight from these. And so I know if I overindulge in those, then it's going to go over my carb count, right? And so that's, that's one of the things where if I start eating it, I, I tend to not be able to stop. So I'm proud of myself. I think that's a win for me to just be able to restrict those, but yet include them in my diet. Dawn, this is awesome. I have so many things to speak to on this. First, that's amazing with the national championship. That's such a good, even that being the first day of the reset and being able to honor that and, and choose the wings. That's so good. Um, and then I love this about the fruit and the sweet potatoes and that you had the mindfulness of knowing like, yeah, I'm eating. I know these are okay, but when I eat them, they... I in the past have overindulged so to, like to for the time being the times that you've done the resets to have not even like kind of abstained but then now to be at a point where you have the mindfulness tools and you can uh, like have them in and notice and eat them in smaller quantities and it not be an overindulgence or just being aware if it does again become an overindulgence yeah that that does seem to be working this time and, and that's that's kind of how in the past, in between resets, when I allowed myself to, when other people were um, treating themselves to, um, you know, 
I know sweets and and um, other foods that I I know I shouldn't be eating. I would allow myself things like that, and the, and I would feel like I was kind of cheating, but yet I was still eating healthy. So those are kind of my cheat foods. <laughs> That's I love that so much. I feel like that too. It's almost like when you when you've stripped everything away and you're just like eating real food and not and those become it's like you're your new baseline level of like what a treat is, is just like, yeah, wow, this sweet potato tastes so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's worked out pretty good. So Thanks. Good. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Um, and Susan, if you're here, if you want to share what your wins of this week have been. You know, the big thing for me has just been just focused on eating healthy food. So um, you know, I'm kind of the same way where I have a lot of stuff already here. Um, and it's just about making choices. And so I feel like I've done a couple of days where I did some walking and I've made some much better choices than I think I did all of last year. So um, I feel like I am on the right track. Heck yes, Susan. Thank you. This is so good. And I'm curious for you guys, what, what were your biggest challenges from this past week? Um, Don, you mentioned the national championship. Was there anything else that was kind of a, um, that maybe caused some stress maybe, or maybe you had cravings one day? Did anything come up that was challenging for you this week? I have cravings all the time. Um, and I think part of uh, my challenge or my biggest challenge, and I think you've heard me say this before, is, is like my, is my husband. And so I try not to even tell him what I'm doing because it's just like a little signal for all things bad <laughs> that he will want. So he's like, let's get a king cake. Let's do this. And I'm, and so I just instead have said, yeah, maybe later, maybe later. Um, and so I'm just deferring that right now until, you know, I'm terrible with, uh, if it's in the house, I'm terrible at resisting. My resistance comes from it not being here in the first place. Yes. Oh, that's so good to, to notice. And that's so good that you're honoring that and to have kind of learned over this time that for your husband to be able to not really tell him like you're not doing this but just that like the later oh, okay maybe later we'll get that yeah and I, I can relate to that Susan um that initially was my biggest challenge and um my husband would do things like you know bake cookies and I'm sitting there you get fresh baked cookies going in the house that is so oh my hard goodness to that's yeah terrible. exactly so we had a couple of um you know heated discussions about that and <laughs> so now he knows I tell him when I'm doing my my resets do not you can't you just can't cook any of that stuff in the house and you know it's just 21 days he can resist and and he's come around to to um to the he he cooks, he cooks a lot of our dinners. And so he'll ask me, okay, what can you have? And I've shared with him the list of things that Ellie gave us. And so he'll go to the store and he'll buy, I'll look up recipes and I'll send them to him. And then he'll go to the store and he'll buy just those things and cook them and he'll eat it too. Um, but he might, he might add like a few things that I wouldn't normally eat 
for his for himself and I but I just eat you know at least I've got options in front of me that I can eat and I can avoid the other ones um, as long as because when you're hungry you're going to eat what's in front of you a lot of times so, um, so that's helped me just at least have good options for myself while he might be eating something I normally would like to eat but um, you know want to resist it at the time and, and and he's he's really done better I just had to talk to him about it and explain to him and he's noticed since he kind of cuts out a lot of that stuff too while I'm doing this he feels better and he notices also that I have a better attitude I'm not I'm not as quick to argue and and um you know maybe nitpick about things so he kind of helps me because he wants me to be that better person for him as well I think Oh, Don, thank you so much for sharing that. That's so beautiful that he is a, a support system and, and that he can see that and that you see that in yourself, the difference even in your attitude with the shifts in your diet. That's so, that's so powerful. And, and would you have any advice for somebody who's, um, who's maybe listening to this call that um, like how to approach the conversation of like the reset, getting support from a significant other? Yeah, yeah, I guess um, you just need to talk to them about it and say, hey, I'm doing this for me because I have, you know, maybe explain this is how I feel when I don't, you know, um, follow this, this reset in that, you know, I feel this way and this way. And when I do follow it, I feel so much better. And I'm, I'm, I'm more present for you and the family. I've, I've got a better attitude. I'm not going to be so, you know, I won't let the stress um, affect me as bad because I've got stress from work and that's never going to go away. So <laughs> with me eating better and, um, you know, having these, taking these mindful moments, like you've taught me to do Ellie, it's helped me to um, manage that stress better, which helps me to be a better person for those around me. And that I'm not going to force this lifestyle on you, but, but please don't, um, uh, what's the word for it? like keep me from from doing this this lifestyle for myself this you know you want you've got your way you want to live and I've got my way I want to live and just please don't try to um I'm not going to try to force my opinion on you so don't you know force yours on me but also I've, I've tried to help them understand a little bit that about how the food does affect you and in, in, in how it could cause inflammations and can cause all kinds of of um illnesses and things in your body and nobody seems to want to listen to that and they just call this a diet or that's just your diet you're doing and, and I have a hard time explaining um that it's not just a diet Ellie so if you have any advice on that I'd, I'd appreciate that <laughs> yeah well Don, this is that's so helpful for that you explaining it to them around like how it makes you feel and how it affects the way you show up to them and I think that's kind of the as you continue to show up in your in your best self by eating that way and then they see that light coming from you like that's well they'll notice like the, the effect of the the food and sometimes it's yeah it's hard to convince or to like get people to understand that it isn't just a diet and so sometimes it's yeah kind of releasing the need for them to understand and just being the example as you show up and you eat that way and you radiate and have energy and are, are showing up different, like they will feel that and, and be curious. But it's, yeah, it's, it's hard when someone um, isn't so interested to like want to force that information on them, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay, I just kind of had to slowly kind of share some of the things I've learned maybe about one or two items, you know, here, here and there, instead of just trying to um, share the whole concept. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've learned, you know, I can't have, I can't have the dairy. I'm not going to do the dairy right now. And, you know, because it, it, it makes me feel like this or, or, you know, something like that is what I've, I've kind of done since a lot of people aren't really willing to listen to the bigger concept. <laughs> Yeah. I think people are resistant to somebody telling them that they can never have something again for the rest of their life that they like having, you know, they enjoy indulging in these, these, um, items. And I'm trying to think of the word for it. It's, it's the stuff that's manufactured, the, um, you know, processed foods, that's it, processed foods. That's the big thing that I've cut out and never really brought back into my diet since I've been doing this. And it's like to tell somebody, oh, yeah. Oreos are bad for you and they think oh you're saying I can never have Oreos again in my life <laughs> and it's they don't want to listen <laughs> yeah and thank you so much for sharing that and that's exactly right I think there's something a way to approach it where it's not like a judgment or like a you shouldn't eat that that's bad it's more like what you're kind of it sounds like what you're coming from is like I'm not eating this right now because it makes me feel I realize when I eat dairy i maybe feel bloated. I have, it gives me gas or like for a lot of people, it gives me allergies. And sometimes it's sharing your own personal experience where it's not like projecting on them, but it's like, or when I eat this processed food, I realize how much it affects my mood. And then it's almost like planting the seed of like, oh, could that be affecting my mood? But it's not like, you know what I mean? Versus it being like, you shouldn't eat that because it's going to, it's bad for you, but it's just like, your personal experience and then people are like oh maybe that's happening to me yeah yeah I like that that's that's kind of how I try to approach it and um I guess I'll kind of continue doing it that way <laughs> yeah it sounds like you're Thanks. doing a good job and it, it's Thanks. tripling trickling out to your husband which is so good yeah yeah he sees the difference he really does and, and like my daughter my daughter's noticed that too or she's like I want to do what you're doing, mom, because I've, I've noticed that you are a lot, um, a lot in more in control of your emotions when you're doing that, because um, she has four kids, too, and I, you know, I raised, I raised her, and my three others, so I raised four kids, and she saw how uh, stressed I got, and, and I'm sure I probably didn't handle my emotions as well back then, because I was not mindful of these tools that I, I'm using now to help me. And so um, she can see the difference from when I was, she was younger to now. And she's like, I need that to help me deal with my children, <laughs> raise my family. Yeah. Oh, Don, this is so powerful. And is there any specific tools you think that help you the most, um, whether it's just eating this way or just the mindfulness tool that help you the most in moments of stress lately that you've been using? Um, so, yeah, I would say the breathing techniques help a lot. Um, and, and now, you know, I've got the Apple Watch. And so it seems like it tunes in to when I'm stressing because it'll tell me to breathe. <laughs> and, and so I will, I will actually do that little, um, the little thing on the watch where you set it and it'll kind of walk you through the breathing. I don't know if you've done that before, but it does like a little in and out flower type thing and you breathe with that and, and it's great. And it'll do that throughout the day. And then it's now it's come up with something um, about being mindful. And so that kind of brings my attention to just stopping and thinking about 
what I'm stressing about right now and kind of just get a better um, mindset about it and, you know, just be, just being mindful. So that helps, but I want to say mostly it's, it's what I eat so that it's not making me feel sluggish or tired, or I'm not getting into a pattern of binge eating and going from something salty to something sweet and back to something salty. <laughs> and, and so, um, you know, I've, I've just being mindful of that and it's, it's just helped me. All of that's helped me a lot. Yeah. It, it definitely, I try to just think about just the eating part in the beginning and focus on that and get that down pat. But then I've been able to add these other little tools in throughout the day. And it's a matter of getting in a habit of using those and, and remembering them at the time when you're kind of stressing out and at, that's helped me. Oh, thank you so much for this. This is so helpful and valuable to hear your experience. So I appreciate you sharing. Awesome. And so with that, and Susan, did you have any other major challenges this week? No, no, no more than usual, I would say. Um, one of the things that I really tried to do this week is to not let myself get too hungry. Um, because I think that's when that's the hardest to control. Um, so I tried to just have, I, I did have snacks in the house that were um, just good to have, whether it was a green apple or some almonds or some celery. And so um, I have a tendency to just not really have a big appetite and then I'm starving. So I just tried to do a little bit more regular eating. I probably do a 12 to 14 hour, um, what do you call it? Um, where you just don't eat for 12 to 14 hours anyway. Um, but Fasting. like, yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> But I, but that is, that was something that is easy for me to do. And so I just set a time on the clock that like, if it gets to 10 o'clock and I still haven't had a, just even a protein shake, I'll just go ahead and make it whether I think I feel hungry or not. Um, just because everything in that shake is, is good. Um, just to get some, you know, good nutrients the first time I'm putting anything in my body. Now I'm great at doing water. Um, so I always have water in the morning and I do have a little bit of coffee, but I don't have anything in it. So I think that was my thing is just not getting too hungry. Um, Yes, Susan, thank you. And this is such a good tip for people because that's one of the hardest things when we let ourselves get too hungry and or don't do something like that good protein in the morning. And it sets us up to for those poor food decisions or binges because it's just like, I'm starving. I don't, it doesn't matter. I'm going to eat whatever's right in front of me or convenient. Um, so that's so good to have brought mindfulness to that and not let yourself get too hungry. Um, and so also, so for this call, um, 
this is going to be focused on the sugar piece. So I know y'all have listened to this before. So I'm going to go just kind of the, the highlights just to re-motivate, give you some more inspiration around why we're, why we're watching the sugar. And so I'm going to share just a couple slides. Um, so big part of this program, and I know you guys both know this, but just that, that food is not just calories. Food is not just, you know, you just eat less and you'll lose weight. And that's all that matters. Food is information, food. It's the, the chemical composition of food directly impacts not only our weight, but our mood, our our ability to show up in the world. And when we've often been preached that it's just, oh, just eat less, move more. Oh, fat is bad, you shouldn't eat fat. Um, or that you can just exercise your way out of an unhealthy diet. And these things don't work. That's why there's a epidemic of, of autoimmune disease, of um, obesity, of chronic illness. That's why the number one killer is heart disease. And that is so directly impacted by the foods that we're eating. And so um, it's gotten to a point where one in three people in the US are obese, which is absurd, insane. And there's that, those numbers are going up. And 88% of people are metabolically unhealthy. And that means only 12% of people are metabolically healthy, which is, which is due to lifestyle factors, not because they're getting some medication or something. And so this is why it's so important just to continue to, to put this first, to prioritize your, your health, your food, because it's going to manifest, it's going to affect every area of your life. If you want to be better at finances, if you want to be better at your job, if you want to be better in relationships, it starts with your internal environment. And like Dawn, like you express, like you notice the difference in how you feel and how you're able to handle stress when you're using, when you're fueling yourself well, and you're using these mindful tools. So the thing with sugar, why sugar is so important to pay attention to is because it's one of the biggest factors in driving a lot of the inflammation and, and the obesity weight gain and really sucking energy. It impacts your immune system. And so it's so important to bring awareness to that. Um, and that it's not just sugar, not just like candy and, and Coke, but it's also just refined carbohydrates, refined carbs, bread, even things like oatmeal for somebody who is insulin resistant or someone who doesn't have good blood sugar regulation, even foods like um, fruit can be, can be too much. So it's kind of learning how, where your body is metabolically and honoring that. So I want to talk about today. And even for just some more inspiration, I think one of the biggest things is the cognitive health. You know, Alzheimer's is being termed as type three diabetes. The risk of developing Alzheimer's is quadrupled if you have diabetes. And diabetes is, is rampant and going up and up and up. And so many people, you don't just catch diabetes. So it, it, those, those symptoms start happening decades before a diagnosis. And same, things with, same, same thing with Alzheimer's. Cognitive decline happens decades before an Alzheimer's diagnosis. So it's brain fog, not remembering things quite as well. And it's not a sign of necessarily just old age. That's a, a sign when your brain's fogged, it's a sign of inflammation, of brain inflammation. And so many of the foods we're eating impact that, especially sugar. And um, it, right now, one in three seniors dies with Alzheimer's or some other form of dementia. 
and it's it kills more people than breast cancer and prostate cancer combined. So it's just, it's huge. And there's no treatment for Alzheimer's there. There's no cure. And so much of it, however, can be impacted by our lifestyle habits. So the, what I wanna start off with is just the importance of what sugar does in the body, which when we eat sugar and refined carbs, we get a big blood sugar spike if we're eating excess of them. And that blood sugar spikes puts us on a blood sugar roller coaster. So if you eat a Yoplait yogurt and have a glass of orange juice in the morning, it may seem like, oh, isn't that healthy? It's a strawberry yogurt. But if we look at the, the grams of sugar in that yogurt and the how many grams of sugar are in that orange juice, which is as much as a Coke, that puts us right on the blood sugar roller coaster. So we spike our blood sugar up to the top of this roller coaster. And then that elevated blood sugar level is toxic to the body. So the body produces a hormone called insulin to get the blood sugar back down to balance. And then it takes, it brings up a sugar, not just back down to balance though, when you have that big spike, it brings it all the way down. So it brings us into a blood sugar crash where we get maybe jittery, irritable and tired. And then what do we crave at the bottom of a crash? is more sugar or caffeine if we need just more energy. So then we end up usually reaching for sugar or chips or something that'll give us a quick hit. And we spike ourselves back up and then we crash and then we crave more and we rise up. So it's just this constant up and down of crashing and craving all day long. That's why so often at nighttime, especially if you've been on the blood sugar roller coaster and you just crash at night, so many people crave carbs and sugar and food at night, even after dinner. And it's because they're on this roller coaster. And then there's more to this story is that I mentioned that hormone insulin. When you eat a bunch of sugar and carbs, you get a big insulin spike. And when we, that insulin delivers this, the sugar into one of four places, our liver, our muscles, our brain, and our fat cells. So the liver and the muscles and the brain are very limited storage. So the rest is being stored as fat. So you're eating sugar and storing it as fat. And when insulin is present, so if you've been eating refined carbs all day long and insulin's constantly present, the body can't burn fat. Because when insulin's present, the body's like, oh, there's sugar here. We gotta burn, we gotta burn this. We're, we can't, don't touch our fat stores. We've got energy available. So it's like shuts off the ability to burn fat. And so what we need to do when, it's, again, so insulin's present, we can't burn fat. When insulin's not present, your body's able to burn fat. And when we have chronically high insulin levels, if you've been eating, if you eat sugar and carbs a lot, or just as you continue to, to do that, you've got to produce more and more insulin to get your body to respond. So if you can imagine each of your, each of your cells can only hold so much. And so it starts becoming resistance. Like we don't want to take on anymore. And so it becomes less and less the cells stop responding. So your body's like, no, we got to, we got to get the sugar out of the blood. So it produces more and more insulin to force the sugar into the cells, to force your fat cells to take on this. And eventually your body gets to a point where it cannot produce enough insulin to keep your blood sugar stable. And that's starts with insulin resistance where you become pre-diabetic or pre-pre-diabetic, then pre-diabetic. And then eventually to the point type two diabetes, where you don't have enough insulin, so you have to take insulin shots. 
And when we're in this state, this is just a fat storage mode state because insulin's chronically high and we cannot burn fat. And so the answer here, you know, the answer people are getting type two diabetes and going to the doctor and just getting insulin shots. Well, the answer is our body's not lacking insulin. It's that it's overloaded with sugar. It doesn't have anywhere to put this. So the answer is not give us more insulin. The answer is stop feeding this, the body sugar or carbs. And that's where for people who are diabetic and insulin resistant, where a keto diet or a, um, or fasting can be so effective because it helps get the blood sugar down and it helps get the insulin down so that the body can come into balance. And so I love the suitcase analogy. So if you can imagine your cells are like a suitcase and the clothes, like we can all handle a certain amount of carbs and sugar. Like I, I don't want anyone to think that sugar and carbs are bad because they're not, but it's when we're over consuming and the suitcases get stuffed and they're like, we don't want anymore. And you're just like forcing this stuff into your cells, it causes so much inflammation and resistance in the body. And that's where we get to a point with type two diabetes where it's just not too much. And then people become so inflamed that they become blind or develop neuropathy, or they have to get their leg amputated. It's because there's so much inflammation happening. All right, and so there's more to this, their hormone leptin. So also when insulin is high, there's another hormone called leptin which is blocked. And leptin is our satiety hormone. So it's, it's when you eat, your body gets a leptin response. So that leptin signal tells the brain, hey brain, we've got enough food, I'm full. So your brain's like, okay, great. I'm gonna shut off the hunger hormone so that you feel full. And then rev up your metabolism because we we've got a bunch of energy we can burn. So it burns that energy. And then between meals, your leptin levels fall. And then the brain, once that leptin levels fall, the brain's like, oh, okay, we're hungry. We need to go find food. So it revs up your hunger hormones and it slows down your metabolism to conserve energy until you get another meal. And then you eat again and your leptin level goes up and your brain's like, cool, we're full. Shut off the hunger hormone, rev up your metabolism. And it's this natural ebb and flow. Well, when insulin is high, your brain can't see leptin. So even if you just ate a meal, your brain's like, we're hungry, go find food. It keeps your metabolism slow. So you may feel sluggish. You may not, it doesn't want to burn energy because it thinks basically you're starving. So it's like, go eat, go eat and feel and feel like sluggish. And so you may feel hungry and tired all the time. And you may have just eaten. So this is where it's, there's been a lot of shame placed on people who are overweight or obese who just like, it's like you just lack self-control. You're just a glutton and a sloth. But in reality, it's the biochemistry that's driving that behavior. The hormones are messed up. And if you're feeling tired and hungry all the time, it's hard not to want to eat and not be motivated to go work out or exercise when the body's literally like, try, like feels fatigued and feels hungry. And I know for myself, I used to feel this all the time. I would go, we'd go out to these restaurants and have like big Italian meals. And I would be, my stomach would be so bloated because one, because of the gluten, but just two, the massive amount of food I would eat. And then I would get home and an hour later, I'd be hungry and in the pantry looking for carbs. And I was like, how is this possible? But it was because of this happening. My insulin was high. I was not registering that I was actually full. I'd be physically full, but I, my mentally I could eat all day long. And that's because of this. And so what we have to do 
is once we get our hormones in balance and we can start actually feeling our satiation signals. So when you're eating real food, like we're doing on this reset, eating good protein and healthy fats and keeping our blood sugar stable by eating moderate amount of carbs and real food carbs that are paired with fiber that help us not, not just like a straight sugar shot. It helps get our insulin down so that we can get our leptin signals working and that we actually don't overeat because we feel full from food. And so a recap, eating lots of sugar and carbs will put us on a blood sugar roller coaster, feeding us to crave more and crash. And then we get put in a fat storage mode where we're just not able to burn fat effectively. And then we end up feeling hungry and tired all the time and eating and craving carbs. So eating more carbs and just keeping us in this loop. And so it's kind of like a perfect storm of obesity and why there's an epidemic right now. And it, not to mention that there's just, these kind of foods are everywhere. So when we're craving them, it's so much harder when we're seeing them all the time, you go into the grocery store and they're literally glaring at you. And so it's not easy to break through this cycle, but that's where we can do it with the tools I'm about to share or what we're doing on this reset, eating real food. Um, and just this, y'all have probably seen this. I think I've shown this in past presentations, but I love it. So the difference between, you know, we may think you're doing well, or you may have a rough day eating a donut and drinking an eight ounce Coke and having a Snickers bar, McDonald's for lunch, another Coke, and then you just crash. You don't even eat dinner. You just eat a bowl of ice cream and chips Ahoy cookies two chips of white cookies. So the next day you commit to doing really well. So you have a Chobani yogurt and raisin bran, a glass of orange juice for lunch or for a snack, you have a Nature Valley granola bar, a salad with a tablespoon of raspberry vinaigrette fat-free dressing, a little creamer, some red sauce on some pasta for dinner with a Lipton iced tea. And the first meal with that donut it was 140 grams of sugar. The second is 144 grams of sugar. So it's like this meal could have looked so much better because we're kind of conditioned to think that these foods are healthy, but in reality, it's this, it's more sugar. And so it's really getting, paying attention to what's on labels because the marketing is so deceiving and knowing what you're really putting in your body. So. The American Heart Association recommends 24 grams a day for a woman of sugar, 36 grams a day for a man. And so the meal I just presented to you, that was five times the limit for a woman. So even if you had that one Chobani yogurt, you're pretty much at your daily recommended limit for a woman. And again, sugar is not bad, but it is a recreational drug. We've gone from eating 22 teaspoons per year as a caveman to 22 teaspoons a day on average. And it's hard because it, there's withdrawal symptoms too. So if you've been eating this way and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, I need to stop eating sugar. The body is so dependent that it becomes, you get headaches, get fatigued and fogged and the, it just massive cravings for more sugar, just like any drug. So it can be hard to go through withdrawal. And especially like we meant, I mentioned, it's everywhere. Sugar's everywhere and it's hidden in things. So it's like, you don't even know you're getting it. Um, so it can be a lot harder than something like a drug to stop because we're exposed to it all the time and we have to eat. And so um, to have grace with yourself as you're getting off sugar and carbs and just becoming more aware. 
And um, there's strategies to kick the sugar habit, which is number one, focus on what to add into your diet. So adding in protein, like Susan, with your, your protein shakes and, and Don adding the, the protein at every meal and focusing on the healthy fats too. Healthy fats are going to help you burn slow, like a slow burn of energy where you get good energy all day long versus the roller coaster of sugar. And the good thing about fat, fat doesn't make us fat. Unhealthy fats make us fat. Unhealthy fats being canola oil, processed seed oils like safflower oil, sunflower oil, they cause, can cause a lot of inflammation in the body and cause you to become more insulin resistant. So these are the ones we want to avoid. But the fats we want to add in are things like real food fats, coconut oil, olive oil, avocados, um, wild like fat from wild caught fish, grass fed meat, the fat from that, um, just real food fats. And then fiber, fiber will help slow down blood sugar, um, the blood sugar absorption. So if you eat an orange, you're getting fiber. So that blood sugar, you don't get nearly the spike as you would get if you are drinking a glass of orange juice because there's fiber in that orange to slow down the absorption of the sugar. But if you eat something like a fruit smoothie that has 12 bananas, or not 12, but like three bananas in it and 20 strawberries, you're just breaking down all that fiber and you're getting this quick hit of sugar. And so adding in the fiber helps to slow it down. So even if you are eating something that's like a sugary thing, you can pair it with fiber and protein to help slow the digestion and to slow the blood sugar spike that you may get. And therefore you get less of an insulin spike and you don't get crash and crave all day long. The next things would become, as I mentioned, checking your labels, just being really mindful. The second you see some product on the shelf to not to look at the sugar grams, to look at the carb grams, to see if there's protein and fiber in that. And to be mindful of when you do eat those things to portion them out, notice that they start causing you more cravings. They start causing you to, to finish the whole bag. And it may be something to abstain for a little bit or just have more boundaries around. And things like to watch out for vitamin water, things like these naked smoothies, they've got 53 grams of sugar. That's more than a bag of Skittles or like tonic waters. One that's often thinks that it's a better option, but really it's got as much sugar as like a Sprite or a Butterfinger, um, yogurts, things like even dried fruit can be little sugar bombs. So this cup of dried raisins, 86 grams of sugar. You could eat three Snickers bars for that cup of raisins. Um, things like almond milk and coconut milk. You got to check those labels too, because a lot of them have sugar. So to find the unsweetened ones, like almond milk at Starbucks, 19 grams of sugar for a, if you add almond milk to your like a latte. And so it's like, oh, I thought almond milk was like a, a better option. Um, it is if you have an intolerance to dairy, but as the sugar from a sugar standpoint, it's still from like Starbucks and stuff to maybe bring your own unsweetened creamer with you. And then things like this too, checking label like cauliflower and linguine, I get this question a lot. Like this is great because it's gluten-free, grain-free, but it's still got like, where is it? Um, 45 grams of carbs. And so that's okay, but, but maybe to add in a lot of extra chicken um, to when you're eating some like a carbier meal, maybe to, um, this is where we can kind of use our, our movement, maybe go for a workout before, go for a walk after to burn through that. And this isn't about like, I need to um, like earn my 
earn my food or anything like that, but you're getting your muscles to work for you. Like I mentioned earlier, we can store a lot of this sugar or carbs into our muscles. Our muscles will burn it. But if we're sedentary all day long, we're not moving at all. And then we're eating this cauliflower linguine that's 45 grams of carbs that even though it's better ingredients, it still can respond in the body the same way. So it's just being mindful of that. Or if like you are diabetic, that this might not be the best option for you right now. Is learning where you're at personally too in your journey. Um, and then simple swaps. So to make lateral shifts to help reduce overwhelm and deprivation. So it can be hard to just go cold turkey and give up some of your favorite things. So to find simple swaps like using like dark chocolate, the veggie noodles, the almond flour versus white flour. Um, these like paleo pancakes I have, list the birch bender ones are so good. Um, checking like different sauces using, um, checking your pasta sauce and getting one that's no sugar added. Or um, if you have a birthday cake to do like almond flour, coconut flour with using um, just mindful amounts of honey or maple syrup, making your own dressings or choosing a dressing like Primal Kitchen that doesn't have a bunch of sugar added. And the last tip is just mindfulness is noticing when you are reaching for sugar or carbs, carby things, or maybe processed food and wondering, you know, what's going on for me? Why am I reaching for this? And the biggest skill to build is just that awareness. I know for myself being a former sugar addict, I was so unconscious to my patterns. I was like binge eating and I, I would get so frustrated with myself, but I didn't, I never checked in really emotionally what was going on for me. And so often it was just stress. And so to be able to find other ways to ground yourself throughout the day. Um, I love what Dawn shared about her watch and just doing those, even just a couple breaths several times a day makes such a difference. And so to find that for yourself um, in these non-edible forms of nourishment. So ways you can nourish yourself during the day, whether it's getting outside, um, doing something that you love to do and making that a priority so that food isn't the only source of joy or food isn't the only source of stress relief, that you have other tools for that. And every time you reach for food without judgment, just asking, am I actually hungry? Why am I reaching for this right now? And getting really curious about your own behaviors. And this is such a practice and I still have to do it because I still will unconsciously eat. And so it's noticing, it's just continuing to come back to that and being aware of your own state and your own patterns. So thanks for sitting through that. And I hope it's a helpful reminders. I know you guys, again, have like heard this stuff before, but I hope it's helpful to hear it. It is. It is very helpful. And, um, and I'm like, I think I'm going to commit to watching it again. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think um, was the most helpful about it? Was there anything that stuck out that you were like, oh, wow, I, that really was a great reminder? I think it was those um, 24 grams of sugar a day. And um, I'm pretty good at reading labels, but I'm just going to be more diligent in reading sugar labels. Um, you know, a lot of this is a habit for me. So usually I know when I'm reaching for something bad, um, but I just want to make sure. 
Absolutely. Thank you. Okay. Um, I do have another comment, um, something I've observed recently in my life um, about the uh, diabetes. And I'm so glad you, yeah, like, like Susan said, I can never watch this stuff enough. I, I pick up something new every time and it, it helps remind me of, um, you know, a lot of the issues that I'm trying to avoid. But um, so my, my father-in-law's in his late seventies now, and he's diabetic. And we've observed over the, the years that when his blood sugar levels are off, he talks out of his mind, like he's crazy. I mean, like he'll just, you know, he'll forget people's names. He will just come up and just ramble about things. Um, he literally sounds like a crazy person. And they're like, uh, you need to check your blood sugar levels. And then once he gets back, that back in the check, he's fine again, just like he's normal. So I can see where that relates to the Alzheimer's and, you know, cause it's, it highly affects his thinking. I can tell. Um, and also my mom mentioned something about my uncle, um, being diabetic years ago, he's passed away already, but, um, and then I remembered he actually had periods of time where they, uh, committed him to a mental institution. And now I'm thinking, that's probably because he was not eating right and his, you know, for his diabetes and they thought he was crazy, but really his blood sugar levels were off the charts, <laughs> you know? So I see, I can, I've seen that in my personal life where that does directly affect the way you think and, and um, I can see where it could cause Alzheimer's. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. Oh my gosh. And to have that like powerful, like of a testimonial of seeing that so clearly, especially with, you said it was your, who was the, who was it? That my my father-in-law right now. Wow. Oh man. Yeah. It makes such a difference. And it's so sad because so many people are, yeah, you get put in a mental institution when you could just balance your blood sugar or just, I mean, Alzheimer's when it becomes irreversible, um, but it can be so prevented. So it's just like getting the information out there to people that it's like, God, this is so much more than just losing weight, even though that's awesome, yeah. but it's just like, this is so important. And well, thank you all so much for joining today. And, and I'd love to know for this upcoming week, what are you gonna be so proud of yourself for? So come next Sunday, you're gonna look back at this past week and you're gonna be like, God, oh, I'm so glad I showed up for that and did that. I guess it's, I, I need to start engaging more in the program and I want to do your, um, your meditations in the morning. Like I did last time. I really enjoyed those. I just haven't had the time to really, um, get into a rhythm of, of doing that yet. So I want to, I'll be proud of myself if I start engaging more in what you're presenting to the group and doing, um, for us and like live and Facebook. So I'll be proud of myself for getting involved in those. <laughs> Awesome, Don. I just wrote that down. Great. I would love to see you there in the mornings if you're able to join. And Susan, what if, excuse me, Susan, what would you be super proud of yourself for this week? I can relate a lot to what Dawn said. So some of that for me, um, and just just keeping focused, you know, I finally made it, I think I told you last week, my grocery store order was moved and <laughs> canceled and all that craziness. So I made it to the grocery store. 
Um, and I just, um, just if I could keep, keep doing what I'm doing and, and exercise and definitely exercise. And 